All right, long time ago in a land far, far away, I was a teacher and I made everybody put their name on their assignment. So I put a place right here for you to put your name on your little booklet because I got news for you. They all look identical. They're all looking identical. The only way you're going to know your booklet is by your name. So please put your name on it right now because I guarantee you're going to take the notes of your life and you're not going to have your name on this and somebody else is going to get the notes of your life. And so you don't want that to happen. Amen? All right, good. Okay, so we got that one. Now in the back, the very back uh, page or the, the inside cover, take a look at that inside cover. I want to go through a couple important announcements for our schedule. All right. So tonight, knowing the time, prepare, prepare to persevere. A guy named Wild Bill Compton is going to be preaching that one. I don't usually preach at family camp, but I decided this is that important. I want to lead it out. And the men who are preaching this week, this weekend, each one of them has a really critical message. And they're all going to work together. And it's only the beginning of what you need to know on how to prepare for what we already saw in 2020 and what we're seeing in 2021. And, and uh, I just think we need to recognize and understand the times we're going through. So important that you take note and you go back and you study to see if the preachers are telling you the truth. And if they're telling you the truth, it means that that's what's coming our way and you need to be prepared for it. How many believe that God exists? Raise your hand. All right. Don't raise your hand if you don't believe it. Because if, because if you raise your hand, that means you've got to do what God says. So it's important for you to recognize that faith really is the victory. There is no other way for victory. Faith is the victory. And so you need to have that conviction. So, and then uh, I'm going to have Jerry Hoffman come up after I get done. We're going to have Ken Weibert, our song leader, normal song leader. I'm a little abnormal song leader, but... Our normal song leader will be up here right afterwards bringing three songs, and then we'll bring Jerry Hoffman up. Now, tomorrow, 8 o'clock, you need to be rolled out of the sack and eating breakfast at your own place. You say, what? Well, uh, this COVID thing has got a couple people wigged out, and so we're making some provisions for folks. And so uh, Ken and Pam have been amazingly awesome in preparing food before. And I think their hands are as pure as the driven snow. But just in case, we're, we're going to have you eat your own food at your own home. And they're going to be serving. And they're gonna, you're going to need some servers tomorrow at lunch, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So I want to see a show of hands. Anybody wants to help Ken and Pam tomorrow for lunch to serve behind the serving table? Raise your hand. All right. Get a picture quick. All right. Now... Now, that means that you need to talk with them after assembly tonight to make sure when you need to be where you need to be tomorrow to serve lunch. Now, everybody else got your name and number. So if you're not behind that servant, they're going to come hunt you down. That works really good. Now, you're going to need servers on uh, Saturday night or uh, dinner tomorrow night, right? Right. So somebody else besides those that raise their hand. Raise your hand if you'd be willing to serve for dinner. All right. Hey, good. All right. Ferguson's. All right, Ryan, good. I almost sound like an auctioneer. All right. There you go. So there we go. We got that one covered. Excellent. Right in the back there on the wall under On This We Stand, uh, this weekend on This We Stand on volunteers, and we hope that you'll volunteer some of you that come far and wide uh, to be fed with the Word of God. We hope that you'll step up and help 
How many know that Jesus is the, the king of the sanitation crew? How many could say amen on that one? Man, I was a filthy mess and he cleaned me up. And if you're a Christian tonight, he cleans you up too. He's the king of the sanitation crew and the sanitation crew needs three people to help. So there's three slots back there. If you want to be like Jesus, I want you to put your name on that. If you ever said, I want to be like Jesus when I grow up, now's your chance. The sanitation crew needs you. And I'm not Uncle Sam. Uh, cleanup crews for Friday night snack. That's tonight. We need a couple folks to help, I think, Heidi. Heidi is amazing. Amazing servant. But I don't think she can... Are you doing it? Are you doing it tonight? Well, I don't know. You might want to check and see. I saw your name up there somewhere. So, okay. All right. So Heidi, Heidi needs a little help on cleanup. All right. Thanks, Heidi, for volunteering. If you weren't on the list, now you are. So Heidi's going to need some help. Who wants to help clean up with Heidi? Come on, raise your hand. Man, all right. Thank you. Right over there. Good. All right. Okay. So uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll grab you before lunch if you are going to help clean up lunch and, and dinner. It doesn't take that much. And then the, the, the wonderful, sweet, bald-headed man over there has decided, you see, raise your hand. He can't be calling me sweet, man. <laughs> the sweet young man, Brian. Brian, would you stand up? A little more like sweet and sour. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on when you catch him. I mean, he catches you, right? Okay, so anyway, uh, now, he might need help on the, the garbage crew. Now, his boys are amazing. Have you ever seen his boys work? I mean, they're young, but man, I'm telling you what, they work. When you, we, we give them a job, they work. It's great. But I think they might need a little extra help. So if you want to help uh, Brian with, with the, the garbage duty, that would be great. Excellent. All right, I think I got all those down. What's this called? Wrong. It's 10 cents. It's 10 cents that helps us to get to Belarus. Now, I already saw four sins in that trash can. <laughs> now, back in the day, we would have called them mortal sins, but we don't live in that realm anymore. They're just... I'll tell you what, last time I brought a trailer load of little plastic bottles like this, a trailer load, just a trailer load, 28 plastic bags, only 28 plastic bags down to the recycle place. How much money do you think I got? If you already know, don't say it. So we said 400. That's excellent, but way low. Million. Oh, uh, <laughs> so got to be one or two in the crowd. Two million. $1,300. That's a plane ticket to Belarus. There's four sins in that trash can. You want to redeem yourself? Go dig them out. And... Uh, if I could get, where's Caden? Caden, I'll tell you what, he's the man. Where, Caden, where are you? Caden, would you grab somebody who knows what's going on around here and see if you can get you and that other person get another trash can and put right under the clock, and that's where we're going to put all these 10-cent containers, okay? So maybe grab Logan over there, Logan in the back. Logan, why don't you two go grab a can real quick? You don't have to fish him out of that one, but if you go, that would be great. I appreciate it. Okay. You say not all that silly. That's silly. It's not. We're we're privileged to have some really great people who've been to Belarus here. In fact, there's been several who've been to Belarus, and we've really changed the culture over there. When I traveled with Steve Doty in 2000, Steve had been there a couple times before, but we went over 2000, 
And, and through Steve's efforts and the efforts of others, we've had an impact in that culture that's been huge. Huge impact in that culture. We're talking culture. And, and, the, and the light is piercing the darkness over there. And, and Steve has immersed several. There's others that have been immersed by others. And so we praise God for that. So you know what? We, we kind of giggle about this stuff, but it's real. We can really make an impact. So thank you for considering that as well. Uh, Melissa, tell me, am I missing something? Just if people want to fill in the blanks on the volunteer sheet, they can. And after tonight, completely clear off the table so they can be sanitized for morning. Okay. And that means songbooks and everything? The songbooks can be stacked on the stage Up front. Okay. to be redistributed after. Excellent. All righty. Very good. Uh, anything? People, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, if you haven't registered or if you haven't paid, we're really thankful that you're here, and I don't want you to think we don't want you here, and so I'm thankful that you're here, but if you can meet up with uh, Melissa, that would be great, and keep the, keep the thing moving, that would be awesome. Okay, any other announcements? Uh, happy anniversary to you and your wonderful husband, just of what, a couple days ago, is that right? So how many years has it been? It's not been 30. 19. So where is your where is your handsome husband? Wow. Anyway, so so there you go. Ken. Weiber. Yes. Okay. So Ken and Pam were married 19 years ago at Oregon Family Camp. And uh, what? On the 23rd. I guess it's the 43rd. I heard. I heard. Yes. Okay. So uh, anyway. Uh, they had the cutest. They had the cutest flower girl in the whole world, and I got a picture. I'll bring tomorrow. I should have remembered. I got it at home. And uh, Jay Wilson was their flower girl, and he was cute. He was young and cute. It was great. And so uh, I will have that available if you want to take a little picture with your cell phone and show him that he was cute when he was younger as a, as a flower girl. That'd be great. All right. Okay. He's gonna kill me the next time he sees me. I'm sure, but that's all right. All right. Well, we're. Are you ready to go? Am I what? Are you ready to go? Yeah. Because you're gonna introduce. You're gonna introduce everybody up here and say really nice things about them. So. Okay. The, what, what are you doing? Don't walk away. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna hurt you. It's okay. You said that before to other people. I know. <laughs> Thirty years. So now I went to Willamette. So you yes. know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that that was '91. Mm -hmm. Yep, ninety-one. You know what? You know what year I graduated? Ninety-one. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time. For those of you who don't know, Bill was my teacher. Some of you have heard this story before. Okay, I was a pretty rough, 16, 17 year old in high school. You, right? <laughs> you Amen. Could, you could agree Amen. with that, right? <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was seeing. Right? He had Bible verses all over his classroom. I had no idea that they were coming from the Bible. Right? And he lived it every day. I had no idea what I was seeing. One time in the school store. We worked at the school store together. He's like, hey, you know, I'm a preacher out of Pleasant Hill. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> that was my response. And that's the only thing he ever said to me about a church, the Bible, God, anything. Only thing he ever said to me. He just lived it every day. Every single day. So when my life fell apart, it was almost 15 years. 15 years. It's a long time, 15 years. Hadn't seen the man at all since the day I graduated. And when my life fell apart, 
there was only one man that I thought of. That's that's the power of living the life of Christ. And that's and that's what he's been doing for so long. And I'm so thankful that he did that for me. And I know that he's touched every one of your lives in some way or another. So when you talk about perseverance, that's it's just a great theme. And and you're the model of that. And I'm so thankful for you. So anyway, here he is, Bill Cullen. I was I was down where where uh, Brian works and and uh, with all his cohorts there and and I gave him a big hug at work. So if you know where Brian works, giving Brian a hug at work was not a real cool thing to do. That was a pretty steely hug I got that time. So but thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. That's great. That's awesome. You know, the hour is late. I don't know about you, but I'm a little tired. I've been burning the candle at both ends and in the middle, too. And you know what? You probably have as well. You know, 2020 was a crazy year. It seemed like everything that we did that was pretty easy before that just got a little bit harder because you, you had to put one of these dudes on before you went and talked with anybody. And you had to be socially distant. I hated that. I hated that statement. I still hate that statement. You know? And it's like, they can't hear you. It used to be that if you went into a bank with one of these, they would call the police officers. Now they won't let you in unless you got one on. The world is upside down, man. The world is upside down. And we need to recognize and understand that, man, we're talking, it's, it's the last hour. Now, I know there's a lot of guys been writing lots of books, making lots of money, and that's crazy, but there's something different about now. And I would love to launch into a history lesson, and I would do it in a heartbeat, but that's not what my lesson's about. You see, we need to recognize and understand that, uh, uh, you know, soon, soon the day is going to come when Jesus comes back for his church. But there's going to be some struggles before that happens. You know, John the Apostle said that he was participating uh, in the tribulation and in the kingdom back then. And last time I checked the book of Revelation, it's been tribulation since the beginning of the church. Satan has hated the idea that all of a sudden there was a resurrection army of people who were invincible if they walked by faith and not by sight. And he's so happy when the Christians sleep and think, hey man, this is just a great experience. Everything's happy and joyful and, and as long as we got our party in the church going on, everything's great. Well, you know what? Satan is just fine with that. The Lord's just around the corner. Back right after the Second World War, the United Nations was established. The One World Constitution was written. One World Court was established. The first UN peacekeeping mission ended up in the slaughter of a whole bunch of innocent folks, and it's not ever started, ended. We need to recognize and understand that since then there has been an organization by which Satan could use to basically crush the church, and we've not ever really seen it, only but symptomatically on occasion but now we're seeing it evident all over the world. It's not just localized anymore. I remember a preacher when I was just a young Christian 
when I was teaching economics. His name was Jay Wilson, and he said, have you ever read anything about, about the Keynesian economic theory? I said, well, that's all there is. He goes, no, there's a lot more than that. Ludwig von Mises in the Austrian School of Economics. I started studying that and realized that that really is a biblical model for economic systems. The Keynesian is a humanist model for economic systems. And the economic system we have in the United States is Keynesian. So we need to recognize and understand there's a problem here, Houston. And we don't even know there's a problem. So it's important for us to know that that this is really truly, and I hate to use the word because it's become cliche, this really is an unprecedented time. When the sovereignty of the United States finally collapses, then the world will then be fully under the control of that one world organization that will keep peace. But what and how they define peace is rather interesting. It's not the peace that Jesus gives. So we need to recognize that this weekend is critical that you listen and you heed what you hear. That you don't just go, wow, it was the best family camp I've ever been to. It was so much fun. We had a great time. All the preachers were funny and they had great jokes. And I was just edified and edified and glorified and sanctified. And that was all those fads and it's great and I'm excited. And then you go off and you forget what you learned. And you don't apply. Well, I think it's, it's time that we don't do that anymore. We listen, we write, we check to see if the preacher is telling the truth, and then we invest ourselves in learning more about what they shared because they didn't tell you the whole deal. They gave you a, a little appetizer to whet your appetite to get serious. And that's what today and tomorrow and Sunday is all about. We need to possess the mind and the heart of the sons of Issachar. Who? If you go back in First Chronicles and you take a read about the sons of Issachar, they were men who understood the times with a knowledge of what Israel should do. Shouldn't we be like the sons of Issachar, knowing the times, recognizing the times, and knowing what we ought to do? I believe that Jesus said the same thing in the book of Luke in chapter 12. I want you to turn there. In, by way of introduction tonight, take a look Look at the book of Luke in chapter 12. And in Luke chapter 12, I want to read just three little verses, 54 through 56. Luke 12, verse 54 through 56. And Jesus was also saying to the crowds, Luke chapter 12, verse, verse 54 through 56. He says, and he was also saying to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, the shower is coming, and so it turns, and so it turns out. I honestly believe that, that, that Jesus lived in Oregon at one point in time. I mean, if you know anything about Oregon, man, you see clouds coming in the west, you're going, okay, honey, I need to go tarp the firewood. And lo and behold, 20 minutes later, guess what? It's a tor torrential rain. It may not happen in Montana. Yours probably comes from the north, right? Michigan, who knows where it comes from? Where does it come from in Michigan? North? Right. Correct. Yeah. Not the right, correct. Okay, yeah. In Oregon, it's from the west. I know Jesus must have been here. It goes on, and he says here in the next verse, and when you see the south wind blowing, you say, it will be a hot day, and it turns out that way. Again, that's absolutely true here in Oregon. You hypocrites, 
You know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why do you not analyze the present time? Man, we could take this and say, mm, this is right now for us. This is right now for us. You know, if you're willing to be yielded to God's will, God will use you and you won't even know that he's using you, but you're going to study his word and you're going to do what he says and he'll work it out. We've been doing this for four years, these annual themes. In 2018, the annual theme was the first law of spiritual momentum, the power of positive. And it came right out of the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse, verse 24 and 25, talking about encouraging one another and spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And then the next year, because it was kind of lots of negativity going on in the church. Everybody's criticizing everybody about everything. Great. Isn't that a wonderful team to be on? No way. That's not the team Jesus. It's got to be we're focused on getting everybody across the line and getting them into heaven. Amen? Yeah. It's got to be that way. Say, nobody left behind. We're going to make sure people get there. Now, they may not want to go. They'll say, no, I don't want to do it that way. Okay. The, the second theme was really important as well. The second theme was the second law of spiritual momentum, the power of sincerity, coming right out of 1 Timothy in chapter 1 and verse 5. The goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. I'll tell you what, you can be the best Bible preacher, teacher there ever was, but if you're not genuine, Jesus knows it, and you're going to be ineffective because people aren't stupid. They know that too. When you're genuine, you're the real deal then people will be drawn to Christ in you. But if you're just putting on a show to just gain points or to get people to hunk, hunk around, they're going to figure you out. That's how that works. And so, you know, sincere faith, how critical that is. Now, last year, lo and behold, 2020 hits, and back in the middle of 2019, I go, what would be a good theme? You know what? The power of God's influence in and through our lives is amazing. Let's do the power of presence. The third law of spiritual momentum, the power of presence. I guess the devil didn't like that one. I hate social distancing. The devil loves social distancing. I hate being masked up. See, I want the veil taken away so people can see the glory of God. Amen? I'm going to take the veil away. Satan wants you to put the veil on. He wants to shut you down. And you know, have you? how many of you have noticed that people are a lot more suspect of people now? Have you noticed that? It's weird, man. It's only taken a year. But my point is what? My point is, is that I just realized we needed a focus point back in 2018. It's not like I heard a little voice, Bill. We need for you. And so I was going to do the power of inspiration this year. I was excited. Okay. And then I got halfway through 2020, just like you. And I'm going, I don't think that one's going to fly. <laughs> that one ain't going to work. I, I got this sneaking suspicion that 2021 might be a, another fun experience. Another fun. Some of you know I'm not very flexible. Man, I'm sore. Are you sore? I mean, I've been stretched every which way to, but it's okay. It's all right. I've grown. How about you? 
I got more steel. I'm, I'm excited. How many know what pusher ship is? How many know what pusher ship is? No one knows what pusher ship is? Where's Caden? He's going to help me out again. Get up here. Well, come on. Get up here. Kirk, he might be my next right-hand man. Maybe he's number three. I don't know. Anyway, come on up here. How many think this guy's strong? How many think he's probably stronger than me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, that was huge. Man, why don't you put your hand out here like a Boy Scout? You're about ready to play. Okay, good. Okay, well, everybody see him? Wimp. Wait a minute. I didn't tell you to push me. I just put your hand up while you're pushing me. <laughs> no, now you let me push you around. You know what people do? You can go sit down. You just you throw the coin. <laughs> you know, I started pushing him, and what did he do automatically? Push back. And he was going to push, and I went, what are you doing? And he went, oh. oh. Man, I'll tell you what, that's real. And if you don't push back when somebody pushes you, you're insane. There's something wrong with you, cognitively. You say, really? Yes, really. So when someone says, put your hand up, okay. So when, when, when the devil starts pushing, what should the church do? Not wimp over. Push back. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of God. Let's quote that together. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of God. Gates are stationary. They're not going to stand up to the church of God. The gates of hell are keeping people in. What does the church of God do? It kicks the gates of hell open and grabs people out. Now, you don't literally do that. You love them out. You care about them out. You compassion them out. You, you, you kindness them out. You listen to them out. That's how you do it. You're patient. That's how it's done. Now, what are we going to get into this year? What are you going to get into this weekend? I want to give it to you really quick. Are you ready? There are three points to my lesson, because that's what I learned in Bible college. <laughs> what Bible college? I want you to write this down. Number one, lay the foundation for our perseverance. You know, if you don't lay a foundation for anything, you are not a wise person. You got to lay a foundation for perseverance. That's the first thing that we started to do here at Pleasant Hill. Laying a foundation for perseverance. Now, how do you do that? There are three pillars or three cornerstones for the foundation for perseverance. I want you to write them down real quick. This is still introduction. All right? Faith, hope, and love. Can you remember that? How many can remember that? How many know that one already? Okay, faith, hope, and love. Think about it for just a second when I get to that point. Let's go to point number two so you can write it down in your introduction. Point number two, defining the many facets of perseverance. You know, perseverance has many faces. What does it look like? We need to know what it looks like. That's what we're going to spend about four months doing. Not tonight, but we're going to do four months. We're going to look at the, the faces of perseverance. And then the last four months, we're going to take a look at, this is point number three, we're going to look at the cloud of witnesses who have persevered before us. 
We're to look at the cloud of witnesses who who persevered before us. There are many great witnesses in the Old Testament. There are some amazing witnesses in the New Testament. And the most amazing, of course, is Jesus Christ. And how many of you know people in this life right now continue to persevere in the faith, growing stronger, and they're still being embattled by the devil? How many know people like that? And they're pushing through, man. I'll tell you what, watch those folks follow through follow through. Now let's go back and take a look at that first point real quick. Faith. You might want to jot a couple of these things down. You got some area there to scribble notes and whatnot. Faith is based on three important principles. Faith, hope, and love. Faith is based on three important principles. The first principle of faith is foundational. It's conviction. Conviction. Go to your Greek dictionary. Look up the Greek word for faith. It's pistis in every single place. The word believe is a pitho in, in, in most of the places, and, it, and they both have three component parts. The first part is conviction. What are you absolutely convinced of? Are you absolutely convinced that God is? Are you absolutely convinced that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Are you absolutely convinced that if you read something in the scriptures, and the scriptures are God's word, if you do it, God will follow through on the promise? Do you believe that? Do you absolutely believe that? Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Do you absolutely believe that? Do you? I don't know. What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? That's a great question. Go find out. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, the desires of your heart when you're delighting yourself in the Lord will change. Did you catch that? You delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And you know what? The desires of your heart as a carnal man are going to mess you up. But you delight yourself in the Lord and the desires of your heart will change and you will come in alignment with the will of God. You'll come in alignment with the will of God. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews in chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and take a look at a little verse there. Verse uh, verse 35 and 36. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm not going to steal your sermon. I'm not stealing your sermon, man. I'm not stealing your... I'm just making reference. This is one of our anchor verses, and I'm getting the stink eye by old uh, Uncle Phil over there. And uh, so, anyway, I'm telling you, I'm not stealing your sermon. Okay, so take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, your confidence which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, delight yourself in the Lord And you're going to want what the Lord wants and he'll grant that to you and you'll have fulfilled the will of God and the blessings will come in your life. Every time I tried to find the the best woman in the whole world, did you catch the problem with that statement? Every time I tried to, when I tried to find the best girl in the whole world to marry, guess who I found? The wrong one. Every time. You'd think I'd get smart after a first dozen or so. Man, it's a slow, slow study. And when I became a Christian, I said, I'm done with that stuff. I'm just going to wait until a woman comes along and says, I love God more than anyone or anything. That was the one criteria. And guess what? There was a young lady who was engaged to an Air Force guy, and she became a Christian. And that Air Force guy was refusing, and he said some pretty nasty things about God and about me and about a whole bunch of other folks that had to do with the church. He actually cussed three elders out and kicked them out off the Air Force base that he was at. 
I don't know if you knew that, that there were three elders that went to visit him at the Air Force Base, but they, he told them to get the you-know-what off, of, off the base. And so they did. Charles Crane sent them. So she said, you know what, Mr. C., Mr. Compton, because I, I immerse Sharon into Christ, she goes, man, I, I can't marry him. I, I got to do what's right in the Lord's eyes. What? <laughs> you mean you're going to give up your whole big dream and all that fun stuff for God? What? I said, okay, Lord, here we go. <laughs> and I married her six months later. I wasn't going to let the grass grow under my feet. I wasn't going to blow it again. Right? I had some help from an older gentleman that helped me to realize that Sharon was, was the one that God had created for me. Delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But he'll change the desires of your heart, and then you'll fulfill his will, and you'll be richly blessed. It works just that way. Do you, do you have the conviction that, do you trust him? Do you put your full confidence in him? When he says, you go forward, even though, even though it's flooding in the Jordan, you go forward, you put your foot in the water, and that water's going to stand up, you just go forward. I was telling Steve, I said, you know what, I think I was telling telling uh, Phil over there. Did I steal your sermon? Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Ooh. All right. I can feel the love. All right. So that's not your sermon. You got a better sermon than that one. So <laughs> where was I going with that? I got hooked up. What was I saying about you, Steve? Was telling you? You never finished, did you? <laughs> oh, man. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I'll, I'll, my old age moment. I'll come back to it. All right. So trust. You got to trust absolute confidence in the Lord, no matter what. Oh, I remember now. Kate Brown said, you got to wear a mask, and you got to shut down the church, and you can't sing because you're going to kill people if you do. So we did two weeks of looking at what all was going on, and I figured real quick, there's no science behind that somebody behind the curtain pulling strings so i said you know what we're gonna have the door open and and evan evan where are you stand up evan come on evan stand up really i mean tall so we can see you know what evan did he goes hey mr compton is there a bell up in the belfry i go yeah how come we don't ring it i go you know what we need to do we just need to ring that really loud so everybody in the neighborhood knows we're open so we've been ringing the bell really loud and we don't wear masks and we sing. Now they're watching me on television. I don't care. You're saying, well, you're kind of crazy. Who is your king? Who's your king? Who's your sovereign? Who's the one and only sovereign? Who grants his authority to men? And those men are to serve him. And they're to be our servants. We elected them to be our servants. So do you have confidence? So I just plan stuff, plan stuff, plan stuff. And so guess what happened three days ago, four days ago? Kate Brown decided to open up the restaurants for you folks. So coming out to family camp, now you can go out to restaurants. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Kate Brown. I don't think it was Kate Brown. Put a little, little kernel of what she needed to do in her head. So now you can go out to restaurants tomorrow. Isn't that cool? That's great. You can go get milkshakes and all that fun stuff. I think you probably have to wear this until you get to the table. 
Then we get to the table, COVID doesn't know that you have a mask on and you can talk and do whatever. I just love how COVID is. Those Chinese did such a great job. <laughs> do you trust, do you trust God with what he says? Are you willing to do what he says? Did Daniel trust God? Yes or no? It's prayer time. I'm going to go hunker in my bunker and make sure all my everything's soundproof. That's what I'm doing because I want to keep my big kahuna uh, position. That's how he did it, didn't he? Mm -mm. That's not how he did it. They threw him in the lion's den. How'd that work out for him? Great. Now, you know it doesn't work out for some folks so great, but if we're going to be just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, it doesn't matter how it ends up. I'm still not bowing down. I'm going to do what King Jesus says. Are you that confident? That's the confidence we need to have. We stop, need, we've got to quit playing around. We have to have that confidence. God will cause the Jordan to heap up on itself so we can get the job done. Just keep moving forward. Satan wants you to buckle. Faith ends up in obedience, doing what we hear, see, trust, and are convinced of. But you know what hope is? Man, this world is hopeless. The world's hopeless right now. Everything they put their hope in has fallen apart. It is. Just look around. This world is not my home. There's nothing in this world that you can cling to that's going to last forever except for the truth. You can only take one thing to heaven, can't you? What is that? You can only take one thing to heaven. What is it? Other people. You can't take your stuff. You can't take your money. Only people. And so we need to have our hope built in heaven. Now we take a look at the past and what God did. And if we believe God, we're going to go, you know what? He parted the Red Sea. He gave Joshua an extra 24 hours to get the job done. He let... Jesus walk on water. All those things he did to show that he is powerful and we can put our trust and hope in him. He did it before, he'll do it again. We need to recognize that hope is presently looking at the provision that we have. You know, we look at everything we don't have. That's not right. We should be hopeful because of all that he has given us. Do you believe this truth? You may not believe it, but I'm absolutely convinced. The scripture teaches that you were created by God unique and distinct. There's no one that's ever been like you ever in the past. There'll never be anybody like you in the future. Do you believe that? Uh, is that that? Are you that tired? Do you believe that you're a unique individual? Yes or no? Do you believe that he chose you for this time in human history? Do you believe he chose you for this time in human history? And you know what? If this is the end, I think he's left the cream of the crop for the end because of what the end looks like that means you're one tough human being empowered by the spirit walking by faith you're going to get the job done but see it's up to you he's giving you all the tools you need to get it done presently he's provided everything that you need for life and godliness is that true how many know that's true well, the preacher said it was, so I better raise my hand. No, do you really know that's true? Everything you need for life and godliness has been granted to you. You have it right now. You just need to access it. Well, the last thing about hope that's really important is that what are the promises for the future? Do you know what his promises are? Do you know what his promises are? 
for those who are faithful, for those who will yield in obedience to him. Do you know what his promises are? Those promises should drive you. His, his great, awesome provision in the past and the present should drive you and keep you out of the schemes of the devil. Finally, love. The third pillar of this thing for the foundation of perseverance is love. How many know the scripture says, Jesus said, the love of many would grow cold. And that happened right before 70 AD. And did the love of many grow cold? Do you know any history about what happened in the fall of Jerusalem? Talk about the love growing cold. Gross. Have you noticed that because of this programming, the love has begun to cool? Have you noticed that? How many have noticed that? Or am I the only one? Man, this is a contrived idea to shut things down, slow things down incrementally. Now, do I believe in the COVID virus? Yes. Some of you have had the COVID virus and got through it. Praise God that you, you, you got it. You got through it. That's great. Should we be thoughtful of those who are immune compromised? Yes, I am. If somebody else is wearing a mask, I when I'm with them, I'll do this too. Because believe it or not, if it's carried by little water particles, some of the water, water particles get caught in this thing. Now, is it super effective? I don't know. No one really knows. But the reality is, is that I'm going to do what's honorable in sight of all men. How about you? Regardless of whether it works or not. Now, we got to look at something else. Love is affection. Love is sacrifice. And love is service. You love someone, you have an affection for them, so much so you're willing to sacrifice for them, so much so you're willing to do something for them. That's what love is. We know love by this. He laid down his life for us and we ought to do what? Lay down our lives for each other, the brethren. Now, point number two is really easy. Defining the many facets of perseverance. Does anybody have 1 Corinthians 15, 58 memorized? 1 Corinthians 15, 58 you have it memorized? What is it? Real loud, Steve Doty? The labor, our labor of the Lord is not in vain. That's pretty close. There's some good stuff right before that in, in that verse. Come on, let's all turn there. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, based upon the resurrection of the dead coming in the near future, therefore, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our toil in the Lord is what? Not in vain. Man, you know what? We need to be steadfast. We need to be immovable and we need to be abounding. I started that lesson. There's a lot more to that lesson. Those are some of the facets of perseverance. Here's another one. Hebrews 10 and verse 35 and 36. I'm not going there because I'm going to get hurt after tonight's sermon. But it has something to do with well, I'm not even going to say. You just have to listen to his sermon Sunday morning. Yeah, there it is. You can see. And if you don't know Phil Sutton, he's got a great wife. Paul is so sweet and wonderful. So if you don't know Phil Sutton, his wife is amazing and she's awesome. No, no Phil, you're, you're amazing too. No, you really, your wife got an amazing man. So you're just really sweet people. Okay. Thank you. For those listening, he forgave me. That's good. Thank you very much. That's great. So anyway, what he's going to preach on Monday or Sunday is, I'll let him tell you that, but it sure does have to do a lot with that 
conviction and that faith to carry on to do what God wants you to do. And what about 1 Peter 4? I love 1 You got to turn here. I don't have this one memorized. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. This is one I need to memorize. We all should. And you'll see why. And I'm not going to be stealing. Uh, uh, man, I gave you a bad sermon last year and I'm going to steal your sermon this year. Sorry, Mike. I'm not stealing your sermon either. It's 1 Peter chapter 4. It's one of my favorite verses. Verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, when he comes back, you may rejoice with exaltation. Man, I'm telling you what, I think we got the wrong mindset for suffering. I mean, we should get excited. Isn't that what that says? The, 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 the harder the suffering, the greater the rejoicing. Am I missing something on this one? Is it, am I un, not understanding that one? I think maybe we need to get a, a mindset change here. And I'm excited. I asked Mike to do this one. I gave him a rotten sermon last year. Man, he was a good guy. How many said, remember that sermon last year? What was it on? What is it? How technology steals the presence of God. And he has not let me forget that. And so I gave him a good sermon this year. Rejoicing in the suffering of the Lord. I think that's a lot better. And he was excited to get it. So I can't wait for next year if you come back. So anyway... So, you know, defining the many facets, there's a lot of facets to it, and we need to have a different mindset about suffering. We do. Oh, they didn't like me down at work. Shut up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> why don't they like you? Because I complain all the time. Well, that's why. Okay. It's, it's suffering for doing what's right, not complaining. So it's really important, brother, we understand a different mindset here. Now, finally, the last point, looking to the cloud of witnesses who have persevered before us. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, verse uh, uh, 1 and 2 and 3. Hebrews chapter 10. I lied. It should be Hebrews chapter 11. I lied there too. It should be Hebrews chapter 12. I should read my writing. It's right there in my notes. Wow. Wow. Did I tell you I was burning the candle at both ends and in the middle too? I told somebody I was running. I, I, I've been so, so, was it? I've been so behind, I feel like I'm ahead. You know what that's, you know what I'm talking about? You ever running on a track? You run so, you don't get that? Okay, you're so far behind, you look like you're, okay, anyway, moving to Hebrews chapter 12. Steve Doty has a lot better jokes than I do, so come back on Saturday night. It'll be great. Amen. He, he, amen. I agree. No, it's, I agree. Amen. Man. Okay. You're missing something if you're not here. It's true. All right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, brethren, it says we got a cloud of witnesses. I used to have all sorts of weird 
ideas of what that meant. All you got to do is, is look back and see what all those faithfuls did in chapter 11 and all those persevering, persevering people did in chapter 10. Those are the witnesses. They did it. And we can do it too. So we need to go back and take a look at those folks. You take a look at people who are making the grade. And there's a whole bunch of them in the Old Testament, a bunch of them in the New Testament, and there's a bunch of folks today that are doing it as well. You need to get your focus right. And so we're going to take a look at Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We're going to take a look at some of the Old Testament prophets and some of the New Testament apostles and evangelists. And we're going to see in the last four months that men and women were very powerful because of faith and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit being yielded to God's will. Now, brethren, I just wanted to give you a broad brush of what we're going to do here at Pleasant Hill in the next year. Now, we don't know what 2021 holds, but it's been an interesting ride already, hasn't it? We just need to know that the carnival ride's not over. It's not. And so, hang on and get prepared to persevere until the very end. Thank you very much. You've got five minutes to get something and then get back in your seat. And, and Ken's going to come up in five minutes and we're going to sing a few more songs.